the gospel is always about what's true of God and then how that speaks into who we are and how we get to live. And remember, discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in absolutely every area in light of the gospel. And so the deeper we go into the character of God, who, by the way, we're created in his image when we talked about our identity, the deeper we realize that in connection to a specific issue, yeah. the more freedom we're going to get. And that's what we're needing to move to belief in. See why this is cornerstone to making disciples who make disciples. Sometimes yeah. we are just learning about who God is in a new way. And I think sometimes when we look at these issues that we're going through that we like are trying to apply the gospel to, we think, oh, this is something that's happening to me. This is this is a bad thing. It's happening <laughs> to me. And yet sometimes and more often, these things are actually happening for us, not to us. God's us. trying to reveal his glory yeah. and wants us to believe that, trust that. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Thanks, Heath. Looking forward to getting together a little later tonight for a little cigar and ketchup time. It'll be great. All right. Hey, I got to tell the rest of y'all. I'm pretty stoked right now. Tina and I get to hear so many of the stories of life on mission from the folks that we're coaching. It's amazing. It's a little disproportionate for us because we've got our own oikos and life going on, but being connected to and getting to be a part of so many different families and churches and their lives on mission and seeing all that God's up to, it is so exciting. One of the guys in our coaching, him and his wife, they've been with us for about six months now, I would say. And he was coming out of a church situation. He'd been in church for very, very many years, and he was just about getting ready to leave vocational church work so that he would have more time to actually be in his neighborhood and be with people. They were looking at having an empty nest pretty soon, within a few months of getting started with us in the coaching. And so he's trying to make that you know, shift and uh, take on some other work and free themselves up in faith. And um, they got started. They got started in their neighborhood, started having open tables, started inviting people into the rhythms of their life with them. And they even invited their senior pastor. He wasn't the senior there, uh, but their senior pastor, who up till then didn't seem super into this whole missional lifestyle and disciple making, really, invited them to one of their open tables. And like the light bulbs went on and he got really excited and said, you can't leave. We can't let you leave now. We got to work this out. And so he freed up his schedule and kept paying him the same and all this, and it's been a miracle. And just this last week, he told us that uh, because their open table's been growing so much, like the neighborhood, people are coming over in droves and they're deepening their relationships, they're getting ready to do the story of God, that another couple couples said, hey, we're going we're gonna to start doing an open table like a few blocks over here, a little further away. So I think it was a handful of couples said, we're kind of over here, this part of the neighborhood, and we're going to start doing one too. And they're still doing theirs. And so, boom, instant multiplication. I said, well, you got some equipping to do, don't you? <laughs> you go, they, they need to be growing in the same things you've been growing in. So praise God. It is so encouraging for us to hear all that. And hopefully for you as well. Hey, and in light of that too, I want to drop a little teaser on you. I don't do this very often, but I want to tease you a little bit. Pretty soon here, maybe even the next episode, I'll be able to 
officially give you the link to join us for this, but we're going to be doing a free training where I break out our full framework for discipleship. It's coming up. I'm going to be doing it online for free. It's called Discipleship and Mission Made Simple, because I really think it is, uh, how to live and multiply this lifestyle of discipleship that others will follow without filling up your schedule or endless engagement tactics to keep everybody going and all that. And I have been working on this thing for countless hours. I'm not joking. For this one training, I, I maybe 100 hours? I don't know. It is the most elaborate preparation I've ever done for a single training. Just feel led to right now. Want to explain more of what we're doing and why. And it's going to be free. I'm not sure if we'll be doing a replay of it yet per se. Probably we will make it available in some form and fashion. Or I don't, but I don't think we'll be doing it again live this year. I don't think. Okay. So just a little teaser. That's coming up. Maybe even next episode, I'll know the date exactly and I can give you a link for that. So uh, yeah, hopefully that sort of piques your curiosity. <laughs> All right. Now, last week's episode, Using Gospel Fluency to Transform Your Marriage, and today's episode, both are talking about how gospel fluency speaks the good news of the gospel into all of life. And they're a little bit of an insight into what our coaching calls are like. They're not audio replays of the coaching themselves, but last week you heard from Austin and Sarah Johnson, folks in coaching with us, on how they are learning to use the four G's, those four truths about God that all start with G. Go back and listen to it if you missed it. They're learning how to use those four G's to speak life and gospel into their marriage and how it naturally trickles down into other conversations with people in their life and community. Now today, my wife, Tina, you know Tina, she's joining me as we talk about next steps in learning how the gospel speaks into any and every area of life, and in a way that is both delivered in normal conversation and received as really good news by others. And we do this by learning to ask, answer, and apply very powerful questions to illuminate what's going on in our life or heart and how the gospel speaks into it. When we're feeling or acting a certain way in any situation, we can begin to understand how the gospel speaks into it by asking and applying these four questions. Who is God and what's he like? What has he done to prove that's true of him? What has he done? Where can we see that in, in scripture, in, in our own lives, or in the life and you know, death and resurrection of Christ? Who is God? What's he done? Third question, what is now true of us because of that? How does that speak to our identity? And then the fourth question is, in light of those three, how do we get to respond? Now, we've talked about these four questions before on the podcast. It's been a while. Today, Tina and I had a conversation that we shared with folks in our training and coaching program, and I want to share it with you. Tina's great. She's really great at it. And so I wanted to ask her a bunch of questions. And what I want to try to do is fill in some blanks and give sort of pro-user tips for you as you learn to ask and answer and apply those four questions as we grow in our gospel fluency. Now, I know you might still have a few questions after hearing this, and that's okay. It's to be expected. You're learning a new language. This takes a while, but we're here for you, all right? So take a listen. Tina, first thing I want to ask you is, speak a little bit, if you will, to the importance of first practicing this, these four questions in your own life, applied to your own sin or fear or stress or whatever, 
and maybe with someone like your spouse, right, close, yeah. before trying to debut your new language out there for the whole church or hammering people with your new gospel fluency or whatever. Speak right. to the need to practice that stuff. Well, it truly is a different language. Yeah. There's no two two ways about it. The four questions are the basis. They're, they're the building blocks of gospel fluency. And as we begin to start to practice these four, use these four questions in order to learn this language, it it takes time to to get to the point where you really can use this in a way that's very quick and uh, you don't have to think about yeah. it a whole lot. When you first start using this, it is truly like, you know, learning Spanish. If you've never, you know, spoken another language, you really have to spend a lot of time translating in your head. You have to think through what words are my using and, you know, how does this apply and how does this go together? And, uh, and so there's no think two about ways. That. That's key. Yeah. When you're first learning any new language, including the gospel, you're translating, if you will, in real time. So someone asks you yeah. a question and then you go, okay, how would I answer that in my native language? So in mine, it'd be English. And then to use Tina's example of Spanish, I have to go, how do I say that in Spanish? And there's a hundred ways maybe. And then I would say it. And, and then my next thought is, am I pronouncing that right? Am I saying this in a way that they understand? And you're sort of doing that translation real time in your head. Right. But over time, as you become more fluent, right, in that language, yes. pretty soon you're able to think that way. You're able to think in the other language. And, and oftentimes with like the folks we coach or others in our community where we're applying, helping apply the gospel, mm -hmm. people say, you're so quick to get to the thing behind the thing yeah. and apply the gospel to it. It's like, well, we're quicker now than we were years ago, yeah. <laughs> right? When we were just first learning this. Yeah. And every once in a while, though, even still, sometimes somebody will ask a question that I've just never really thought through, like my, you know, how I view God in this particular, you know, um, situation. And it takes me a little time. I really do have to think through it. So it's not like it's once and done, like you're, yeah. you know, you're going to arrive and you'll never sure. have that struggle again. It just means that you are always on the path of learning more and there's so much to learn about so, God. So please put the time in to apply the four questions, writing out your answers. Don't try to shortcut this. And oh, I was thinking through this, like it's, you're learning a new language. You need to start writing your answers and all that. Um, yeah. And I, I just like to talk about that because I think that is really <laughs> so key. Writing it down, there's actually a, like a psychological term for when you write things down. It's, it's called bonding. You actually, mm -hmm. it when you write it, it goes into your brain kind of an entirely Very different, different way. way. Yeah. And it it writes into your memory. So um, so write the practice of writing those things down, even if you're just learning a new language. And that's why, like, if you do this in if you remember back to Spanish <laughs> class in high school, or French a lot or, of the yeah. stuff that you do, you're writing it down because it is part of that bonding process. Putting it deeper in your head, in your heart, becoming more fluid. Yes. So that sort of leads us sort of to our next. Maybe obvious when we want to speak the good news, like, so once we've been practicing it and we're wanting to like start, cause we're finding this to be good news for our own hearts and we're wanting to begin to speak good news to others, their issues, maybe they're freaking out about something that's going on at work, their boss is upset with them or always on their case or whatever. Before you want to speak to somebody, mm -hmm. we want to first go through those four questions on our own. Right. You know, like pick a topic. And, or something like your sister in life, and you're going, I need to, I need to help her with the poor Jesus. I need to speak the gospel. She needs good 
news, not just good advice. Before you try to have that conversation, yeah, you want to go through it completely on your own, writing out your answers so that you know, you know the thing behind the thing. You know the heart issue that's really going on, what they're not believing to be true about God and all that. Yeah, and I think that starts with asking good questions to the person that you're talking to and trying to help. Instead it of has, assuming. Instead of assuming, we oftentimes assume that just because they're going through something, maybe even similar to something that we've gone through in the past, that that we know what their issue, what the thing yeah. behind the thing is. And yet it may it may be a similar, you know, situation that they're going through, but the thing behind the thing may be entirely different. So start by asking some good questions to try to get to an understanding of what that thing behind the thing is. We often in coaching, we've had people as they're learning this language and they're trying to practice using the four questions, they will write out their answers and send those to us from their worksheet. And, mm-hmm. and we'll look at it and we'll go like, well, you did a pretty good job using the four questions. However, let me ask a couple questions. And then we realize there's actually an issue behind the issue and sometimes an issue behind that. And that's really where the unbelief lies. Right. Right. It's so, not, it's not necessarily, there's a lot of, like, like we we're saying, there's a lot of things that could be the actual issue. Like, you know, if you're freaking out about losing your job, are you freaking out because you actually have to make your house payment tomorrow? Is it a provision thing behind the thing? Right. Or is it a security thing? Like you don't believe God loves you enough to actually provide for you, you know? Or is it, I don't want to be thought badly of, I've never been fired before. And so it's really, you know, going back to the four G's, it's really not believing that God is glorious. And so I fear what others think of me. And really, I don't even need this job, but if I was to get fired or I got a bad review, so you you want to make sure you're asking the four questions and answering who is God? How's he proven those things in light of the real thing? Yes, because oftentimes, like Caesar was saying, we'll help, you know, be helping somebody work through these four questions in regards to an issue. And they they get to the end and they're like, well, that, I, yeah, I guess it helps a it's little, it's but, helpful, it's, but... I'm, I don't really feel like I'm set free. Like it's it's not really giving me that that peace and freedom that I'm thinking of. And And then so then we'll ask a few more questions and start then talking uh-huh. about, well, who's God in light of those answers? Which then, remember, those all toggle together. When right. we answer question one, well, who is God and what's he like in light of that issue? Once you get to the right one, now the attributes of God and his character qualities probably could be very different. There might be overlap. Right. But right. now then when you answer, okay, how has he proven that in scripture? Where have we seen that in our own life in the past? What's different now? Those things and might then, be very and then different. speaking into our identity, okay, then in light of all that, what's true of us? Mm-hmm. See, here's why it's so important not to skip over or take the time to pray, ask the Spirit, go through that list of attributes of God. Yeah. It's so important to get to the thing behind the thing with good questions mm-hmm. and then really take the time to go, okay, what is everything that we know to be true about God connected to that in his character? Not what he does. That's question two. <laughs> what does he do to prove that? And oftentimes we want to do to be God. Be yeah. careful with that. Oh my gosh. That is probably one of our biggest issues in all of this is that we're, we do to be ourselves and then we do to be God. You know what we're talking so, about, right? Do to be what you do yeah. equals who you are and your value. Yeah. We live under that tyranny. So then we do it to everyone else. Guess what? We do it to God. Yeah. I had this conversation with a guy the other day and I was like, oh, so your relationship with God sounds very, very transactional. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, 
you're upset with God right now a little bit, you said, which understandable, that happens. God can handle it. We're in a relationship with mm -hmm. him, right? We see David, King David, the same thing. Yeah. He says, yeah, I just need to know what to expect from God. In other words, he's not doing what you want him to do to have the godlike value in your life. He's not being a good genie. And you could see the light bulb went on. So now we were getting to the thing behind the thing. Right. And so be careful that you don't do to be God. Like when when you are answering the questions, question one, what's God like in light of this? Well, God always does this. Nope, that's second question. Mm -hmm. what's that he... happens so, I, you know, probably 80% of the time when we yeah. first start going through these four questions with people, they just skip right over one and go right to two. Because we've been taught yeah. to think in this do-to-be way where doing is the more important thing than being. And by the way, if you don't get the attributes of God and who he is and what he's like before you get to the proof in scripture, at the cross, in your own life, oh, those are those are still true of God. If you don't do that, if you don't take that time and you accidentally do to be God, then when you get to third question, what's true of me or this person that you're trying to help? then you're going to have a bunch of do to be built into there. Here's what's so important. If nothing else, don't miss this. The gospel is always about what's true of God mm. and then how that speaks into who we are and how we get to live. And remember, discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in absolutely every area in light of the gospel. And so the deeper we go into the character of God, who, by the way, we're created in his image, when we talked about our identity, the deeper we realize that in connection to a specific issue, yeah. the more freedom we're going to get. And that's what we're needing to move to belief in. See why this is cornerstone to making disciples who make disciples. We're actually reinforcing or just sometimes, sometimes reminding, sometimes reinforcing. Sometimes we yeah. are just learning about who God is in a new way. And, you know, I think sometimes when we look at these issues that we're going through that, that we like are trying to apply the gospel to, we think, oh, this is something that's happening to me. This is, this is a bad thing. It's happening <laughs> to me. And yet sometimes, and more often, I, we were just having this conversation. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day that uh, really, I think more of these things are actually happening for us, not to us. They're happening for God's us. God's trying to reveal his glory yeah. and wants us to believe that, trust that. And then trust who we are in light of who he is. I mean, that that changes so your proxy. life. Yeah. So, so let's connect the dots one more time. Practicing it first in your own life a bunch, writing right. it out, maybe with your spouse, very, very close friend. Mm. Then before trying to reel this out and good news someone else, making sure you've asked enough questions that you feel pretty clear on what's the thing behind the thing, maybe connected to one of those four Gs that we learned previous module. Mm -hmm. And and then taking going back and taking the time to think through all this and answer the four questions for that person or that issue before having the conversation with them. Because here's the thing, you may not get straight through all four questions in a conversation. You're learning them in a very rigid format. Question one, question two, question three, question four, because you're learning the language. Right. But think about any other language or instrument you learn to play or whatever. You learn fundamentals. You learn through practice in a very specific way, specific mm -hmm. order and all that. But then when it comes to the conversation, it's much more free-flowing. So if you've deeply thought through and answered the four questions, let's say in connection to something that's going on and your friend's flipping out about something going on at work or whatever, their boss, whatever, you might you might enter into the conversation and you're talking to them 
asking them, well, what, what do you believe in to be true about yourself right now? Right. Right. Just There's unbelief question there. Question three, right? That's question three. What do you what do you believe yeah. in? That's kind of going the other way through the questions. I mean, we talked. You can go either way. What do you believe in to be true of yourself right now? They're like, well, I just I feel like I suck at work. I'm not doing good, or I feel like hey, my boss hates me. Uh, and they have the you know my boss has the you're the vice president, and and you're like, whoa, there's a lot of unbelief there. Yeah. But who does God say you are? Hmm, wait a second. How do we get to that? Well, we look at His attributes because it's out of who He is and what He's done to prove those attributes that is what's true of us. Dearly loved, don't have to prove or earn. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. See how that works. So we're wanting to first practice it well, then before speaking to someone else, make sure we are getting as clear as we can through prayer, good questions. Yeah. What is the thing behind the thing? Then do that work yourself before trying to good news the person. And then let the spirit guide that. You might not get through all four questions in one conversation. Yeah. You and might not. I, I think that's really key, uh, what you just said too, about the spirit. I We need to start asking, start this whole process, whether it's for us or for someone else, by asking the spirit to really reveal like what's really going on yeah. in our heart? Like where where really is this unbelief? What is it I need to be thinking about and like getting to know about God? And then and then asking the spirit when you're talking with other people to lead you in that and not yeah. to be have this tyranny of I have to get through all these all I have four, to be right. Or yeah, I or I have to get all... through all four questions or else I am yeah. somehow missing it and they're <laughs> not gonna, you know, they're not gonna be okay. Well, that is not up to you, just just so you know. Sometimes we get through, we just start like opening the door on a conversation, especially yeah. if somebody it might be like a not yet believer, somebody who doesn't know dad very well, right. you know, or at all. We're going to talk about that in a minute, the, di the how we use this and the differences between with a believer and not yet believer. Now, so once you're where Tina was just saying, and you've practiced, you've thought through it, you've done the hard work before having the conversation, you're letting the spirit guide you. If you do get to the point, let's say this is with a believer and you mm -hmm. want to say, hey, um, you're starting to have a conversation. Would you mind if I showed you something that I've been learning how to ask for very simple but powerful questions to help get to the gospel issue behind whatever, you know, right now this is what's going on in your heart? And they're like, okay, don't make this a quiz. Yeah. I've seen people do it. You're like, here's the four questions. So in light of your husband said he wants to, you know, well, he wants to leave or whatever. He's leaving the household or something, whatever. It's something happy or it could be really small, whatever. And you're like, well, what do we know to be true about God and what he's like? And and they don't, they don't, no attributes are coming to their mind. They don't have that list. Maybe they don't really know the word that well or whatever. So then they give a couple of do to be answers. Well, I know that God takes care of his kids. Well, that's a true statement, but why does he do that? What's true? Don't make it a quiz. Have a conversation. Yeah. See, something that comes to my mind is that, you know, God's this way. Yeah. This is true of God. And remember in scripture when this happened? Have you ever seen that in your own life before? See, you see the difference? It's yeah. conversational. Yeah. And it's a lot more asking questions. It's a journey of discovery, I think. Um, and that's, that's what how we're it trying to feels. Yes. Versus, I'm going to give you the answer. Here's your pill and make you feel better. Right. Try to avoid that's icky. And honestly, you're giving somebody a gift of helping them think through this way. Like this is yeah. something because they can take this and apply these same, you know, the same process to so many other issues in their life. It's not. And I love getting to where you actually do write it out with someone else yeah. or say, hey, let me pull out a little tool. I'm learning this. And I, you know, and you help them out. Well, now what you're doing is you're actually modeling 
you're helping them engage it and, and then say, hey, why don't you, you want to take this and think through it and pray through it a little bit deeper? Let's circle back and talk through maybe how we, fourth question, how you get to live and how you get to respond. Yeah. You're like, don't rush the process, especially early on. As you yeah. grow in your fluency, you might be able to surgically ask a few key questions that helps a person recenter on the person of, and work of God and Christ and what's true of them. And they get kind of reminded of the truth and set free pretty quickly. This is going to take a while. Think about how long it takes to learn a language. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I first started using these four questions, I had to have them written down in a little card in my wallet because <laughs> I couldn't- On your phone in an app, Yeah, right? I couldn't remember. You know, it was the same thing with the four Gs when I first started to try to learn those. I could never remember all of them. And yeah. so like anything else, it's like if it's important to you, like I had my little cheat sheet and I would sometimes share this is, you know, when people would say, well, how do you like- you know, how do you come up with this? Or, how, you know, how did you, how were you able to get to this? I would say, well, here's, here's what I use. I just, you know, th these four questions help me get to the thing behind the thing yeah. and refocus on God. Because yeah. you notice how different it feels as soon as you take a person's eyes off of themselves. And the first question is, well, what is God like in light of this? Right away, I always feel like 100 pounds come on. Yeah. I feel like 50% of the work, at least half, maybe two thirds, is, oh, we're getting there. Because now, instead of focus on, me, my problem, someone else is thinking about who I am, right. their response, they're not doing what we hope they are, they're not, whatever. All of a sudden now the whole focus shifts off of me or someone else and my problem to who God is and what he's like. God's goodness. Yeah. yeah well, here, here. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I kept feeling something. So. All right. Uh, so, so that's important. Don't quiz the person. Now, here's ultimately the goal, believe it or not, is to be able to do this in community where as a missional community, as an oikos, as a family on mission, a group of people who are growing in their fluency, applying the four questions together for a person, for one yeah. another. Yeah, for one another. It, this is one of the- This then, is powerful. It'll blow me, your mind when you get to One this. of the most beautiful experiences of my life is doing this with a group of people. Uh, sometimes in the same room, sometimes we've done it on Zoom together, We, yeah. you know, with people all across the country and- and all across the world. But the opportunity that we have to like uh, do this with to with a lot of people uh, to to focus maybe on one person's concerns or issues and then but to have the whole group share their perspective of who they they think about how much wiser we are in a group. Gosh. Let's say there's six or seven of us sitting talking yeah. around and you know Mary's having a problem and she says, Boy, I'd love to know how the gospel speaks. And it's great. Let's go through the four questions together. Say, you know. Mary, I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to ask us. Like, what do we know to be true of God with this issue? And maybe Mary's got one or two things like, oh, God, he's gentle. Okay. Or he's generous, whatever the issue would be. And then other people, like, you know what else comes to mind would be this. And I'm like, I didn't even think of that. I, I don't know. I would have come up with that in maybe two hours of thinking, but other people's perspectives. And sometimes those perspectives actually help us nail the their true issue and Thing behind the thing pops all of a sudden. Yes. As soon as they hear says, that, they yeah. go, wait a second, that's tapping my heart in a different way. Yeah. Which then leads to, okay, different aspects of proof in scripture in our own lives. That's the other thing. When you go, hey, so we've just come up with five, six, seven things about what God is like in connection to this issue. Mm -hmm. And then we and then start all these we start looking at all the yeah. proof in scripture. And then in yeah. our own lives, when you do this in a group, oh, let me tell you about one time this was going on. And, and then this happened and then that went down and then God did this. And he used Sotina to do that. Oh my goodness. And all of a sudden it's rich and you've got all this biblical proof and you've got 
proof in your own lives and you can see it magnified in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It will be so rich. You And you'll always get to the, I feel like we always get to the thing behind the thing a lot deeper. Yeah. Right? It's and, so, and it always, honestly, for every person who participates in that, everybody goes, oh man, that just pricked my heart. That just, that's, that just that's helped the biggest me. Thing. I was in, in a whole other issue, but hearing what you were saying has really helped me tonight. Like if nobody comes away from that unscathed, you know, like nobody you all walks get away. That's the beauty of the it, gospel. It expands yeah. to, it's the answer to every question. It expands to meet all of us right where we're at. So yeah. even though I wasn't having the same issue tonight that Mary is, by going through this in community and all the richness of answering those four questions, looking at the gospel in light of that, well, I've had that problem before. Yeah. Or guess what? Next time it comes up, I'm going to have a whole base of understanding of the gospel speaking into that for me. Yeah. It's powerful. Are you feeling oh that goodness. difference? It is so powerful. It, that, yeah. It, and, and, you know, some people are like, oh, I could never do that because, like, I'd have to, sh like, let people know that I don't have it all together. And, and I would say this is the most beautiful, powerful thing, yeah. because when we are honest with one another about our struggles and and our unbelief, um, not only can we address those areas of unbelief, but then we have everybody behind us helping us remind us of when we truth. start having Going those same struggles, because oftentimes these are things that they're well-worn grooves for us and we're going to fall into that same pattern a few times of having to uh, gospel our hearts out of it. Maybe before, a million. Maybe yeah. a million. Honestly. And I'll tell you what, you long... want to talk about binding a community together. Yeah. When you do this together, when you actually dig out the gospel on behalf of one another, and there's all these varying, various perspectives, by the way, think Ephesians 4, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. Guess with those different people in the room, even if it's not all five, do you know how different a perspective of a prophet is from a shepherd? But speaking to the same issue and who God is and what he's like, oh my goodness. When you do this, the way it binds your hearts one to another, yeah. like, oh, I know I know how to help Mary. I know how to pray for her. I know that she's a little sensitive in this area because she let her redemption show enough to help let us do this. There again, you're not trying to fix each other. No. Be and careful. If, and in fact, this is a journey. I was going to say earlier when Caesar was giving an example of an issue with the boss, I that was definitely something right out of our life. That was like a real life thing where I came home and I was really upset about an issue I, I had, was having at work. And um, it's not something that once you even get fluent at this, that that you're just, Bulletproof. you know, never going to have a problem again. Yeah. That, you know, you're always going to have the answer. No, because things will hit you in different ways or just like we were saying, different situations that you've never been in before, that you've never had to apply the gospel to before. And and we need one another. So we we were walking through the four questions and the four G's and lettuce yeah. and stuff Tina was going through at work. Yeah. And it took time, was careful first, letting her get her heart out. She was angry, actually, and a little hurt. And it was yeah. understandable. So, you know, I, at least in this time, I didn't just fix her. No, he did a really good job. Absolutely. <laughs> but sometimes if I'm busy or I'm in binary mode, I just go like, well, what, 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 and I go right through the four questions and she's like, you know, I just need you to listen for a second. Yeah. You did a really <laughs> good job listening. Now, quick, quick <laughs> little, just a quick word on the difference between how you use this with a believer and a not yet believer. You don't want to be quizzing anybody, but you can't even really quiz a not yet believer on, well, based on that issue in your life, what do you know to be true about God? 
they're not going to have answers for that. No, they don't know our father. They don't know enough about God to be able to even have a, an answer that's that will even help them. And there again, remember, don't feel like the rigidity of how we're learning it, one, two, three, four, or four, three, two, one, that's not necessarily how the conversation will roll out. So yeah. it might be, like I was using the example earlier, it might be like, wow, I'm really sorry about that. What? How are you feeling about that? What What do you think? What do you, what What's making making you feel that way? What are you believing about yourself right now? You might need to start there or you might need to say, you know, we've talked a lot about our faith in the past. I really believe that God loves you so much and he, he's going to provide for you. I look at our own life and all the times that we've had this or that or lost jobs or had cars break down. Mm. And I watched, oh, let me tell you one story. And you tell me a little story of God's provision. And you go, you know, and I see that over and over and over in the Bible. I think he's that way a lot. I know he'll take care of you. And he might use our community to do that. And you see, this is all part of discipleship. God might be bringing things into their life. And then we're having gospel conversations with people. And then God's using us because we're his body now, right? We're the body of Christ. And, and, and here's another big thing is that oftentimes they'll say, so, because you know, they're not a believer yet. It's like, I know you might not believe all that just yet. But what if you did? What if you believe that our father, God, who created us and owns it all, loves us and knows all our needs and knows exactly when your last day of work might be or what your next job will be or what he's planning to do in that. What if that were true? What if you really believe that? How would that change how you feel right now? And so that was what if questions. Those are uh, they're powerful, powerful. Super powerful. Believers yeah. and not yet believers. But yeah. I use it with I, I use it with not yet believers all the time. And I, when I know God's at work, they'll say something like, oh, I wish that were true. Or I wish I had the faith to believe it to the degree that you do. Well, I, I do too. Yeah. Like, would it be okay if I prayed and asked God to maybe show you that was true of him and, and maybe give you a little bit of extra faith? Or could I loan you? Sometimes we'll say. Oh, yeah. I love that one because people have done that to me. Sometimes, you know, even as a believer, like just loan me faith. Can I just loan you some faith? You know? I believe it with all my heart. And I know you trust us. Yeah. Just maybe getting to know a little bit more about God and all that. And you're, you're, you're where you're at. It's all good. Can I just loan you some faith? that God's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's not. And proof of that is look at all the friends in the neighborhood and the community. You're getting to know people. And we're all figuring this out and journeying together. So let me loan you a little bit of trust there. And this is all part of... Now, did we just go question one, two, three, four, or four, three, two, one? No, not, not yet. But, but maybe that's all we need in this conversation today. And then maybe we'll pick that up later. We find very often someone will come back to us. We weren't pushy. We weren't weird. No. Yeah. I was thinking about that so much. And I, I have that happen all the time. <laughs> like I may only have the opportunity to, you know, just talk a little bit with somebody or remind them that I, yeah, I believe that they're a dearly loved daughter of the King of Kings who he wants to take care of yeah. just that little bit. And, and later on, they'll come back and they're like, why do you believe that? And then I'll get the opportunity to go a little bit into a little like, bit further. okay, well, this is, these are the things, the ways that he's shown in the Bible. This is like, it says that we were made in his image and that we are his dearly loved kids. And I've done this and this and this. And guess how God responded in each case? Right. It wasn't like, oh, he's angry now, or he's just been waiting to, aha, I knew it. Or, And so you're sharing your story of faith and part, parts of your own testimony are leaking out, yeah. leaking into it. And and then you may not get very far in that next conversation and they come back again and say. But it's all part of your fluency. Think about it like any other language as you're learning there again, Spanish. 
every time you use it, you don't use all of Spanish. Like I was just at the restaurant and I was trying to see if I could order off the menu and be polite and then get the bill and find the bathroom afterwards and thank them. Well, why did you go into politics and why did you go into how come their shoes don't match their belt or you know, like you're not using every bit of every language as you're learning it or even as you know it you're you're still being a human and you're still being gentle and polite and letting the spirit speak in one ear while you're listening in the other ear too that's so important just listening to the spirit and letting him guide you and letting letting it be okay to leave kind of the unended conversation you know for now for now trust in the spirit in that yeah well there is so much to learn in the language of the gospel and mm. growing in our fluency. Thank you, Tina, for sharing a little of your journey with that and your own wisdom in that. I hope this was helpful. Uh, I know I love it. Again, even in talking through this, I felt like a little bit of good news today. I felt a little gospeled and a little reminded of the truth. There again, remember, discipleship is this process of ourselves helping others, and vice versa, move from unbelief to belief in absolutely every area of life in light of that gospel, that good news of who God is and what he's done in and through Christ, and what's now true of us. And we get to live in light of the kingdom, in light, in light of that good news. Yeah, and we can only do this when we have a relationship of trust with the other person. Yeah. And you can kind of good news them a little bit, a little bit, even with somebody you might just be standing, you know, in the line at the grocery store, you can give them a little bit of good news. Careful, But right? honestly... Most of these more deeper conversations, they're going to be with people that trust you. So you're building relationship. Remember, the kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationship, and the gospel moves along those pathways of trust. So, so important. Great way to wrap that up. I know this is going to be helpful to you. This is how you're going to grow in your gospel fluency. Any questions you have at all, be sure to hop in the Facebook group. They're on Facebook and ask those questions. I really love that Tina and I get to do this together, making disciples of Jesus together as a lifestyle. And as you can hear, it is so, so important that as a couple, we're both growing in our knowledge and understanding of how the gospel speaks good news into every area of life. And also that we're on the same page as to being on mission as a couple, as a family together. Okay, so... I hope that encouraged you. Now, let's get to our big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, you don't want to miss these. Kind of summarize a few of the big points. And as always, you can get a printable PDF of this week's big three as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Now, you might also want to check out my book, Bigger Gospel, Learning to Speak, Live, and Enjoy the Good News in Every Year of Life. You can get that at missiopublishing.com. And I will also put a link to that book in the Big Three download for you. So here we go. Here's the Big Three for this week. Number one, the gospel is good news for every area of your life, not just your afterlife. It transforms every corner of your existence. So often people think that Christianity is about avoiding hell and going to heaven. And as we wait, it's a lot of sin management and behavioral modification. No, no. It's about embracing a new way of life that starts right now, a life filled with hope, love, and purpose. Number two, God now sees you as his cherished and dearly loved son or daughter. You don't have to jump through hoops or put on a facade to earn his love. Nope. It's a free gift given because of what Jesus has already accomplished for you. It is finished. 
Imagine waking up every day knowing that you are unconditionally loved, just as you are. Believe what God says is true about you and Him now, right now, and live in it. And number three, when you become fluent in the gospel, it's like speaking the language of freedom and joy. (laughs) Really, you'll find yourself unburdened by all the unnecessary baggage that life can throw your way, or other people, and you won't have to fear rejection when sharing your faith with others because your message will be so genuine and full of hope that it will resonate deeply with them. It's like having the key to unlock a world of true liberation, both for yourself and those around you. Remember, Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Sharing the gospel becomes a natural and beautiful thing because it is truly good news. I want that for you. And I'm hoping that these last bunch of episodes are helpful to that. And, you know, I guess I'm going to start wrapping it up for today. But next week, I'll double dip and introduce you to two different disciple-making practitioners who will share their hearts and life experiences in using their growing gospel fluency at home as couples, uh, with their kids, neighbors, extended family, with their church. One is a stay-at-home mom and the other is a pastor, and you'll love them both. And you'll really appreciate the normalcy with which they talk about the gospel in all of life. I think it'll encourage you, and it'll kind of keep you moving on this journey of growing in your gospel fluency. I sure hope you'll join me for that. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.